Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Here at How to Money, we're always encouraging listeners to think about some of the different ways they can earn some money on the side to reach their financial goals. And guess what? While you're away, your home could also earn extra income. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. Yeah, hosting is a lot easier than you might think, and you don't need to Airbnb a whole house. You can just host your extra spare room. So consider becoming an Airbnb host, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's plenty to celebrate in March, and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're discussing that, yes, you can negotiate your bills. man that's what we're talking about on this episode we're going to specifically discuss what bills you should be negotiating and we're going to talk about how to do it effectively we don't want you spinning your tires not getting anywhere with your negotiation we want you and whoever you're talking with there to leave that conversation feeling good about yourself yeah man i think a lot of people just forsake negotiation in a lot of instances because they don't believe it's possible or it's just not something that they've thought about very much and so yeah i think we can talk about which bills are worth negotiating. They're worth you know, making a call or a tweet, whatever it may be, giving people a little bit of hope. And especially in this time right now, yeah. it, there's there's even increased room for negotiating some of your bills. And so we'll talk about what that entails as well. Yeah, man. But first, I wanted to tell you a little story about some some jobs and money, specifically how it pertains to my kids. You might know that I've tried to you know implement some systems with our girls to get them to kind of work for money, <laughs> but I've done that unsuccessfully. But recently, we started a new uh, new little system. You and I, we live in these old houses that are like 100 years old. Uh, we live in these old neighborhoods. And dude, I think 100 years ago, folks would just take their garbage and just throw it in the backyard. <laughs> because there's so much trash that we're finding working its way up through the ground. Uh, it's like, especially after it rains, like we'll find little bits of like antique glass. And this is a problem. 
obviously, because we want to be able to hang out in our backyard, kind of play back there without cutting up our feet. And so our new system, we call it Trash Treasures. Well, I like the naming convention already. I'm on yeah. board. And I've explained to the girls that for every piece of glass that you bring to me, you get paid a nickel. Are you making them more gloves at least? Uh, they're very careful. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't glass that's like just broken. You know, like there's a difference between like literally this is old antique medicine bottles from 100 years ago and versus like if you break a glass bottle like out in the parking lot or something like okay. like right. i know you like to do so i don't have to call defects <laughs> correct <laughs> okay and so all week they'll they'll pick up trash treasures and they'll put them in a little container that they each have all three of them all three of the girls have their own little container and then maybe about once a week they can redeem and cash in those trash treasures for money and they get a nickel for every piece of glass or for every piece of metal uh and for everything else like plastic or just other weird stuff that they find they get a penny and do guess what? They are totally into it. They've completely bought into the system. Anytime they're kind of out back, they're keeping an eye on the ground for anything that sparkles to find a <laughs> trash treasure. And this is something that's, that's really worked for us. And I wanted to share this, though, because we had a tough time getting the girls on board, especially Evie. She's the oldest, right? She's the oldest who can actually understand money maybe the, the, you know, the best. Uh, but even still, we've had a difficult time getting her on board with working and, and kind of doing jobs and getting paid for it. She hasn't had much interest in it. And it took this new system where we could directly tie the work that they're doing with the money that they're earning. It's taken making that link between those two things as clear and straightforward as possible for them to finally realize that like, oh, cool, I do this thing and then I get paid for it. And so I wanted to share that because I think there might be a lot of folks out there who are having a tough time getting the ball rolling when it comes to figuring out chores or jobs for their kids and how to get them on board with earning money and even being interested in it. And man, I would encourage folks to stick with the most simple system that they can think of where they can directly link the work they're doing to the money that they're earning. Yeah, no, I love that. And it, it, starting small, getting somewhere, getting the ball rolling, so important. Yeah. Right? Getting the kids excited about doing it. I think sometimes that's where uh, we as parents fall flat is we make it boring or we're trying to teach <laughs> or them. overcomplicated right yeah, like that's yeah. what i tend to do is overcomplicate the systems and i'm like all right this is here are the charts and here are the different categories and all this it's like no all we need is money and trash like, <laughs> like literally it just needs to be that straightforward for us yeah i agree and so yeah the simpler you can make it especially when kids are young right that that's when it needs to be at its most simplest and you start to develop a routine around it you start to kind of help them to understand how it works, the the trade-off uh, of work in order to make money. And yeah, any way that you can kind of get them started young doing that, I love it. But uh, maybe maybe get them some gloves just in case. Uh, <laughs> they, they do. What's funny is they do each have a little nail, like this, uh, a new nail, so it's not rusty or anything. And they'll use that to kind of like dig up. Pry little, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're almost like little uh, archaeologist little tools, you know, where they're kind of excavating pieces of the past. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, well, I love it. And yeah, hopefully that's an encouragement to other people out there who are trying to figure out how they can teach their kids to to do some stuff around the house that, that helps out and also teaches their kids about how they go about earning money. And now's a good time to start. Now's as good of a time as any. All right, Matt, let's uh, mention the beer that we're having on the show today. Today, we're drinking a beer called Tampa Timeshare. It's a grapefruit basil goza by Wrecking Bar Brew Pub, one of our favorite breweries right down the street. 
Looking forward to having this one on the show today with you, bud. Yeah, and a quick reminder, the reason that we have a craft beer every episode is because this is a way for us that you and I to to show, right, that we're enjoying something now while at the same time being responsible and doing long-term smart things with our money as well, like investing it. When it comes to our personal finances, there's always a balance. And this is one of the tangible ways that you and I are prioritizing uh, the here and now over just the long term. Because sometimes you can get really nerdy with it and uh, have a pretty lackluster, boring life that you don't really enjoy living now. But like always, we try to bring some balance to that conversation. Yeah, agreed, man. And and yeah, this beer, I'm excited to, to check this one out. Should be an interesting combo of flavors. So all right, Matt, let's get on to the subject at hand. We're talking about why, yes, you can negotiate your bills. And man, I think it's important to talk about what's negotiable and what isn't. I know you and I might differ on this, so <laughs> let's, let's get there in a second. But I think everything in life is not negotiable, right? If we went down the path of trying to negotiate everything, well, there's a chance you could lose some friends in the process. But there are times where, where we should be negotiating. Uh, I, I listened to a book recently called Gaining Ground. Matt is by this farmer in Virginia. It was an excellent book. And he sells grass-fed beef at local farmer's markets. And after you hear about all of the work and the difficulty it takes in order to raise cattle in a local and sustainable way, well, you can understand why he might be just a bit perturbed when people try to negotiate with him over the price, assuming that it should be closer to what they would pay in the grocery store, right? So I would say that negotiating with your your local farmer is probably not a great way to go because it's not like they're making a ton of money on, on the goods that they sell. And oftentimes it takes a lot more work to grow the produce, uh, right? That they're, that they're turning out. And so while that might be bad for them, there are certainly some things in life that we should be negotiating. And right now it's even more important for some people to be eliminating bills from their lives altogether and negotiating some of the rest in order to tighten up their budget. Well, man, yeah. So like you alluded to, I might think that almost everything is up for negotiation. I think there is a lot more that should be on the table to you know for us to talk about uh, than we think. It may not mean that you have a successful negotiation, right? It may not mean that you leave that conversation having to only pay half of maybe what they're asking, because like that other person, that other party could just say, "Well, I'm not flexible on the price," and that's just the end of the conversation. In that sense, I feel like if there's no harm, there's no foul, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I think this is especially true as well if you're negotiating before you purchase something. Because what you don't know is what that other party, in this case, like the farmer, they might be willing to take way less. But you wouldn't know that unless you ask them, right? Unless you start that conversation. If in one instance, you were just going to just keep on walking because you see that grass-fed beef and you think, all right, there's no way I'm paying $20 a pound for that. But that farmer is looking to maybe move some product because they need to get some make room for, for the new stuff, right? Like he might be willing to accept way less and unless you start that conversation and start talking about it, you, you would never know. And we could even flip that on its head a little bit. Like what if you start that conversation and you know the farmer, let's say she explains to you how much time and energy and life that she's poured into her vegetables, right? Well, I think then there is a good chance you would leave that conversation with a new understanding and appreciation of all that went into that product. And you might be willing at that point to pay exactly what she's asking for, you know, or who knows, maybe even more. <laughs> but in that case, the, the farmer gains a customer just because they've had a chance to kind of sell the product essentially and, and explain to you kind of all that goes into it. You know, like they might have a new CSA member for life after they've had that conversation where they're able to, to connect with you. So when's the last time you negotiated at Aldi? 
all the time, man. Uh, <laughs> right. and, they, and they always escort me out, out of the store. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here comes that crazy dude, Matt dude again. No, but I, I really think that there's something to be said there when it comes to just having that conversation with, uh, you know, with an individual. We talked about this on a recent episode, how we talked with our friend who did some work for us about negotiating the price a little bit. I think the problem lies when you're expecting there to be a discount. Right, because that kind of affects how you approach the conversation. Like I've owned my own business for the over over ten years, and I've never been annoyed if someone came to me, you know, asking for a discount. But you know, when it is annoying, if they expect a discount because of you know they know somebody, if there's some sort of connection there, or just for whatever reason they think that oh we should get a discount, that's when it rubs me the wrong way, and I kind of don't want to work with that person at yeah. that point. It's so, the expectation. So you and I might disagree a, a little bit on this because I think there are some some points in time where negotiating is a faux pas and even just asking even just attempting to go there can signal something that that maybe you just you don't want to portray but i think where we can agree is is that there are a lot of places where people don't negotiate that are ripe for negotiation and that's really what we're going to focus on in this episode yeah man and one of the issues uh, a lot of times in those situations is we oftentimes don't know where to start so one of the obvious problems that we're going to address today is knowing how to go about the process of negotiating what strategies to use what steps to take in order to make the biggest impact you know there's very little point of going through all the motions if nothing actually changes and you know also our financial lives are they're pretty complex you know at least mine are I tend to overcomplicate things <laughs> um, with lots of different bills showing up in the mail and in our inboxes. And so we're going to address not only how to negotiate, but also who to negotiate with in order to make it worth our time. Yeah. Knowing where negotiation is expected and where it's not is important. On the flip side of that local farmer that we just talked about, Matt, think about a flea market, right? Haggling is expected there. And right now, know that more and more financial companies are experiencing calls where customers are attempting to negotiate their rate or hoping to have payments postponed. There are certain bills that, that you shouldn't even consider negotiating right now unless you really need the help though. For example, don't call your mortgage company and ask for forbearance if you haven't actually experienced any negative impact from COVID. I would say that's uncouth. That's not a good negotiation you, you should take part in. And they'll likely want proof that you need this help anyway. So what bills should you be negotiating? Well, Matt, let's get to some of those and then we'll talk about how to go about it right after the break. I think there are a lot of folks who start small businesses and they're surprised at the amount of behind the scenes, the admin type work that they're not all that thrilled about. Getting your books together with, uh, with some final figures so that you can file your corporate taxes, for instance. That's something we've been in the middle of. But it can really gum up the gears, potentially keeping you from doing the work you love. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 37,000. 25 and one. That's right. Yeah. 37,000. That's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs, key performance indicators, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow, all in one place. There's a lot of power in the simplification of having all that information in one place. Helps you make better decisions. That's right. And right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash howtomoney. That's netsuite.com slash howtomoney to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash howtomoney. 
So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it upright. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. A big part of being a responsible adult is taking care of the things you care about. For instance, my bike that I ride in to work on. I keep the tires pumped. I keep the chain greased. Gone are the days of leaving your bike out in the rain for weeks at a time, like a kid. (laughs) Simply put, the things futures are built around are the things worth protecting. And making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. With Trust & Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash howtomoney for 10% off plus free document shipping. As the primary breadwinner for our family, I've taken the steps to ensure that Kate and the kids that they're going to be taken care of if something terrible happens to me. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs. Their simple step-by-step process guides you from start to finish with ease. So get the peace of mind you deserve by creating your estate plan with Trust & Will. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with Trust & Will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry, Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. All right, man, we're back from the break. And let's dive into some of the different bills that we should be negotiating. Before you you start negotiating with companies individually, it's important to look and see if they already have a policy in place that you can take part of. So for example, uh, at this point in time, there are over 20 private student loan lenders who have created a compact with 10 different states to provide 90 days worth of forbearance. So if you live in one of these states, there is no negotiation needed as you can take part of this prearranged agreement. If you live in another state, you know, you can ask if they would be willing to extend the same policy to you as well. You can essentially take that framework and borrow it and see if that would be something that they would be willing to honor. 
Yeah, no negotiation necessary, but that doesn't mean that you'll automatically receive this forbearance on private student loans like you will right now with federal student loans. Matt, we've talked about this on the show. Most federal student loans right now qualify for a six-month deferment. You're not accruing any sort of interest on those loans, and you also don't have to pay for six months, and it's automatic, which is great. Uh, But with private student loans, it's not the same. There are some proactive steps you need to take in order to put your private student loans on hold for these three months. We'll get to the how-to of that stuff later on in this episode but it's important to note. And I love that you said too, that if you don't live in one of those 10 states that has this agreement, you know what? That is an opportunity for you to say, you know what? Student loan servicing company, you have this agreement with these other 10 states. I don't live in one of those states. Can you still honor that agreement for me? I think that's a great question. That's kind of one of those little pieces of negotiation that you could implement if you're not grafted in essentially to this plan that's been developed with, with a bunch of states. Yeah, man. And a quick point of clarification, let's go ahead and kind of define deferment. Uh, and that typically means being able to stop paying uh, you know, a monthly bill for a set period of time without it accruing interest. Whereas a forbearance is skipping out on those payments. But during that period of time, it is accruing interest. So deferment is a little bit better than a forbearance, but both are nice. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about two other things that can be negotiated, Matt. One that I think people also really rarely consider is negotiating the amount that you're paying for rent. I got to say, I hope none of my tenants are listening to this show right now, but you totally can negotiate rent. And I've had tenants do this in the past and I've totally come to an agreement with them. And I actually respected and appreciated their willingness to to partake in in negotiating with me. Yeah. You appreciated them starting that conversation and talking to you about it, right? Right. You weren't offended. You weren't (laughs) put off. I was not. I was not. (laughs) Uh, But I'm also not selling grass-fed beef, but maybe, maybe I will. That no, I just probably eat it all. But um, but yeah, especially in our current environment, I think that there's an increased ability for tenants to, to negotiate their rent, right? In particular, if you've been a great tenant that takes care of the place, you pay on time, uh, asking for a discount makes sense to me. You can even sweeten the pot by signing a longer lease term. And I think this makes the landlord more likely to agree. Oftentimes in negotiations, there is a give and a take, right? And this is a, a particular example where you can say, listen, I want to pay a little bit less in rent but I'm willing to sign a longer term in order to make that worth your while. And so, yeah, make sure in your negotiation strategies, especially if you're talking to a landlord about what your rent is going to be, what what your monthly payment amount is going to be, make sure you're offering them some sort of incentive to make it worth their while. But I think if you're doing that, you can definitely negotiate your rent. And that's something that people just don't think to do very often. Yeah. And real quickly, your rent amount might be negotiable, but uh, typically your mortgage payment is not. However, on previous episodes, we've talked about the mortgage forbearance programs that they have set up with mortgages that are backed by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Essentially, if you have a mortgage uh, that is backed by those federal programs and you're able to prove your need for that forbearance program, that could be something that you can take part of. Yeah. Your monthly mortgage amount, not typically something that you can negotiate. It's a term that you've agreed to over an extended period of time, typically 15 or 30 years. Right? So you can't just call up your lender and say, I don't want to pay $1,500 a month. I want to pay $1,300 a month. They're going to laugh at you, right? And they're going to say, you didn't pay the full amount. And you're going to run into some major issues there. But right now, when it comes to the forbearance that you're being offered, you do have some ground to stand on when it comes to negotiation. And especially like we talked about, Matt, the forbearance that homeowners are supposed to receive right now is only for people with Fannie and Freddie backed mortgages. But let's say you have a mortgage that is not backed by Fannie or Freddie. Well, just like we talked about with those private student loans, this is a perfect time to tell your mortgage servicer, hey, look what's being offered to a huge segment of the population, to most Americans. 
I know that my mortgage is not backed by Fannie or Freddie, but can you still give me the terms that are offered to most of these people? Pointing out that that option exists for so many other people, I think gives you a leg to stand on. It gives you just this perfect point of reference that makes it way more likely that you're going to have some sort of success in getting forbearance that can be meaningful and helpful. And if you're wondering if you have a mortgage that is backed by Fannie or Freddie, we'll put some links in our show notes where you can enter in your address and it'll let you know instantly whether or not you are automatically eligible for that program. Joel, something else that you can negotiate is uh, your credit card. Uh, You can ask uh, your credit card company for a month of deferment and you could also ask for your annual fee to be waived. Specifically, if you have a travel rewards card, you, you likely aren't using it like you were three months ago. So your credit card company might just go ahead and waive that fee just to keep you using that card and keep you from closing that card. Yeah, that involves making a phone call. That involves asking, right? And and attempting to get some of that money back, right? That you would normally spend on an annual fee. And you could just close the card and be done with it. But as things begin to revert to you know a little bit more normal, who knows how long it'll be, you might not necessarily want to cut that card out of your life, but you can cut the annual fee out of your life. So that's definitely worth looking into, worth asking about. And Matt, it's important... To, to note right now that negotiating some bills are going to have negative side effects. So let's talk about that too. Like a potential hit to your credit score for negotiating a bill. So it's important to ask your credit card servicer or your mortgage provider if they're going to report any changes in standing to the credit bureaus. So for example, if you negotiate a settlement with the credit card company, right? And this is not about eliminating a, an annual fee. That should not have any negative impact on your credit score. But let's say you owe them $5,000 and you call them up and you say, hey, listen, I've only got 2500 Will you take this and, and consider my debt paid in full? Sometimes they will take you up on that offer. And that sounds awesome, right? That sounds perfect. You've just negotiated a settlement. You now owe less debt than you did. But at the same time, you could owe tax on the forgiven amount. And you could be taking a negative hit to your credit score for years to come, which can cost you in other ways. So it's important to note that there are sometimes when negotiating, it seems like a really good deal and it seems like it's going to be a big help to you and it can actually adversely affect you in other ways. So in particular, if you're trying to negotiate a payoff, a settlement amount for credit card debt, that's something you want to, you want to make sure you're aware of. It could have other negative unintended consequences. Yeah, it's important to go into those negotiations with your eyes open and knowing that that's a possibility. Yeah, we talked recently with Thomas Nitsche from Money Management International, a not-for-profit credit counseling agency. Those not-for-profit credit counselors can really help walk you through that kind of stuff so that you're not shooting yourself in the foot when you think you're negotiating something down and and doing something awesome for yourself. Yeah, if you haven't listened to that episode, uh, we would highly recommend that if all this sounds uh, important to you (laughs) and pertinent. Uh, That was episode 199. Joel, car loans. Let's talk about those. If, if you're in a hardship situation, there's a good chance you can get relief from a major lender in that industry. But refinancing might make even more sense, especially if you have a high interest rate. And you know, while we would want you to be out of debt as soon as possible anyway, for your individual specific situation, it might make more sense to extend the term of the loan in order to reduce your payments now if you're not able to make those payments. But honestly, in the end, like we do not want you to have car loans or credit card debt. So yeah, negotiating those interest rates down, uh, forbearance on payments. It's good to see those options as kind of temporary relief while your ultimate goal should be to be out from under those altogether. Yeah. Credit card debt and and car loans. Those are things that we don't like from the get-go. We encourage people not to have either ever, right? That's that's what we're all about. Matt, medical bills are another place where people can negotiate. And actually, I would say one of the bills that is most important and potentially easiest to negotiate too. But medical bills are a pain 
And, but if you have lower income, you can especially be helped by negotiating medical bills that you have, right? Thinking about treatment and cost before you get a procedure. Well, that's the best course of action and it can help you avoid medical bill shock, getting that bill in the mail and freaking out over the total that you that you have to pay. And it's important to make sure to get the explanation of benefits so you can know how to attack the negotiations on any medical bill you receive. But then reach out to your insurer and find out why they aren't covering certain portions. It's important to make that phone call. Also, ask to speak to a patient advocate at the hospital. They can often help you lower the overall bill or potentially help you get complete forgiveness of that bill, especially, Matt, like I said, depending on your income, depending on your AGI from last year, that can have a major impact on whether or not you're able to get a massive discount or even full forgiveness of, of a medical bill for treatment that you've received. And Joel, you mentioned you know how easy that might be. I can personally attest to this. <laughs> we had a bill from an anesthesiologist for the birth of one of our girls, uh, you know, when Kate got the epidural. And that bill was something like $2,500 from that doctor's office, from that service provider. And that was also a birth that we paid for in cash. And a lot of the amounts we worked out ahead of time. But this was one that we weren't planning on because we weren't planning on the epidural, but then we ended up needing it due to the immediate circumstances and pain <laughs> that we found ourselves in. But so what I did, I called up the office and dude, I'm not even kidding. I spent five minutes on the phone and spending five minutes on the phone, they took it from $2,500 down to $1,500. Wow. You sound like a Geico commercial right now. Dude, it was amazing. <laughs> and I was so stoked. Like I was jacked. I was, I was like, I couldn't believe it. Like how much they were able to, to take off without me even heartily asking. And so I was like, well, shoot, I'm going to press my luck a little bit. So I stayed on the phone with them and I was like, hey, look, you know, this isn't a bill that we were expecting. We weren't planning on this. Is there any way we can get it down even more? And I think I spent like another five minutes on the phone and we got it down from $1,500 to like 1200 The second five minutes wasn't nearly worth the same amount that the first five <laughs> minutes was, but I'll take it. We were able to get our bill down $1,300 literally by spending about 10 minutes on the phone. A lot of these offices, they're, they're billing at their standard insurance rate or just at the standard listed rate that they normally do business at. But just with a quick little phone call and they realize that they're dealing with an individual, that's all it took for them to, to gladly meet me in the middle like that. And they were happy that they got their bill paid. I was happy to, to be able to pay way less. Yeah, Matt, I had to have something done at the end of last year. And I think the cash rate was like $470. And the rate they billed the insurance company was like $2,500. Oh. I, I think the insurance company actually ends up paying close to $700. Fortunately, I'd met my deductible for the year. But I think the portion I would have been responsible for was like $600. So it would have been better for me from the get-go just to just to negotiate a cash rate if I hadn't met my deductible. And that's what can be confusing about, about negotiating a medical bill. But there are all sorts of things that are worth considering, worth looking into if you really want to negotiate that kind of debt, right? But let's talk about some of the tactics that people need to know in order to negotiate effectively because there are specific ways to approach the actual process of negotiating things in your life. And we'll get to some of those right after the break. So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned and sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty or 
you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I got my first life insurance policy almost a decade ago. And hey, I'm still kicking it. I very much hope that trend continues, Matt. And since then, I've actually added coverage via Policy Genius. And if you out there, you're listening and you're worried that this is going to be a massive pain getting life insurance, think again. Policy Genius made it an incredibly easy process. If you have loved ones who rely on you and your income, life insurance is a crucial part of your financial plan. Not only does it provide a financial backstop for your family, it also gives you peace of mind too. Plus, the longer you wait, the more rates go up because life insurance rates typically increase as you get older. So if this is something you've been putting off, it's time to make it happen now. That's right. Yeah. And even if you already have a life insurance policy through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs. And it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Hey folks, it's Matt. I've got to tell you about something new I've been trying this year. I've been drinking a little Health Aid kombucha every day, and I feel amazing. It comes in so many delicious flavors, but my favorites so far are Pink Lady Apple and Ginger Lemon. So what exactly is Health Aid kombucha? Well, it is a fermented, bubbly probiotic tea that's good for your gut. It's blended with real fruit juice, and it's super thirst-quenching, a little sweet and a little tangy, and very refreshing. I'm sure you've heard about the importance of gut health and supporting uh, your overall health. It's something I've read up on a good bit over the past year, which is why I've made Health Aid Kombucha a part of my everyday routine. Literally every afternoon, I'll have some. It's super easy, and it's affordable, too. My favorite grocery store, Aldi, they carry it as well. If you want to give it a try and see how great you can feel, look for the brown bottle with an anchor and make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, man, we're back from the break and we're talking about negotiating bills. And, you know, the first thing to realize is that lenders, uh, debt servicers, service providers, they're all still looking to run a business, right? And so while there are often provisions in place that allow for some discounts or, you know, forbearance, they're not going to be pounding on your door to make sure that you're taking advantage of these forgiveness measures. And so it's important to mention that because we need to make sure that we are taking a proactive approach when it comes to the bills that we receive. Yeah, part of that involves research, right? An important aspect of taking these proactive steps are knowing what competitors are offering. So if you're looking to negotiate, know what offers are in the market, right? In order to use the law of supply and demand to your advantage, 
you have to be aware of the supply. For example, if you're trying to, to do a refinance right now, take advantage of the uber low rates, which we talked about on the show pretty recently, you have a massive advantage if you've gotten multiple quotes from different lenders. Because if there's one lender you specifically want to go with, well, you can hold up the rates that you're being offered by other lenders and see if they will meet it, right? See if they will provide you with the same great deal or maybe even beat the best deal you've gotten. That's the power of research, of knowing what's out there, of knowing the deals that are offered by other competitors. So as you begin your process of negotiating bills, uh, an important quality to have is persistence. You know, you might need to call back and talk to someone else if you're trying to work something out with a company. You know, have you ever gotten a massively unhelpful customer service representative? Never, never had that happen. <laughs> We've all been there. And so, you know, in that instance, maybe politely ending that conversation and calling back to speak with someone else that can make all the difference in the world. Sometimes you might have gotten the wrong department or maybe you just caught somebody, you know, on, on a bad day. So just make sure to ask if there is another department that handles bill negotiation requests. Yeah, it's amazing how that one person can make a big difference. And sometimes you can't chalk it up to just someone having a bad day and you got to speak to somebody else. So for example, the major internet and TV providers, they have a customer retention department, right, Matt? You just mentioned getting the wrong department. Well, that department in particular has far more abilities to help you lower that bill. If you call just the main customer service line, you're going to get stymied. You're going to get stonewalled. And the, that normal customer service rep just has their hands tied. And sometimes it, it takes you having to say that you're looking to cancel your service to get to the customer retention department to be able to actually get help, to be able to actually get traction on getting a reduced bill, on negotiating what your monthly rate is. Yeah. And something else that's worth mentioning too, just given the, the current times that we're finding ourselves in, given the economic downturn with a lot of people having issues with their finances, but a lot of the, the phone lines have been completely slammed for these different financial service companies. So if you're having trouble getting through, keep trying, even though it can be frustrating. If, if that's your preferred way of communicating with these different companies, keep making those calls. Uh, you're going to need to be patient. Also, try some alternative methods of, of getting in touch as well. You can look online, uh, going to the different chat features that they offer. Those are my favorite because I, I can kind of do those at my own pace. And then once they've agreed to it, I screenshot it <laughs> and I've got proof you know, that they're going to fix my problem. But then there's also uh, a website called gethuman.com uh, where there are numbers that can get you directly to some of the different departments uh, that you're looking for when it comes to some of these different financial service providers. All right, man, let's talk about what you do when you actually get somebody on the phone. And... I would say the best way to go is you to, scream at them. Right? Yeah, I was gonna say yell and scream as loud as you can, <laughs> and I think the decibel level that you that you can reach directly corresponds to the amount of savings you're gonna receive. Right? I like it. Good <laughs> approach. <laughs> no, I, mean, I would say losing your cool or getting argumentative is never gonna help your case. And I think you have to put yourself in a position of the customer service rep, right? I mean, how would you feel after answering calls from 82 mostly ungrateful humans every day? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not great, right? And if you can kindly connect with the representative that, that answers you, if you can stay calm in the conversation, your likelihood of making progress is a lot higher. Even connecting with them on a semi-personal level, nobody does that. So if you can be the person that does, you can stand out from the crowd and you're much more likely to actually see movement on your issue. No one wants to help someone who's argumentative, rude, and completely impersonal. So we would say be polite, yet firm. I think if you can strike that balance, uh, stick up for your rights in the negotiation, ask for what you feel like you deserve, you know, present that research like we mentioned earlier, but be calm while you're doing it. Yeah. And, and I like what else you said there, man, like beyond being calm and polite, but like trying to find a way to connect with them uh, personally, like ask how they're doing, right? Now that's totally a way to stand out, right? Like if you're able to kind of break through just the kind of, you know, process of just them listening to people yell at them and saying, yes, I can click and do this. But if you, yeah, can kind of like snap them out of it a little bit and they're like, oh, actually, 
yeah, I'm, I'm doing pretty good or, you know, I'm, I'm doing pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah. But just like basically treating them like a human. Like if you're able to kind of see them as another human being versus someone who basically is standing in between you and, you know, you getting what you want. The idea is to, to not treat them like an object or a tool, but to, yeah, see them as an actual human being. And something else that's helpful is being willing to, to walk away. You know, this doesn't apply to every negotiation scenario out there. Sometimes, you know, you're going to be talking to the company who is your only option. Uh, like in the case of maybe talking to your mortgage provider, you can't easily swap mortgage providers. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's an expensive refi it that you is. have to do there. Yeah, that's an expensive negotiation. Um, but, you know, if you do have some other choices, be willing to take your business somewhere else. Our ability to, to vote with our wallet is so crucial. And that's really important as well if, if negotiations fall flat. Yeah, and sometimes it's a pain to switch companies. You don't really want to. But if you're going to, to lead a successful negotiation, you have to be willing to walk away to a competitor. And the great thing is, is in our country, we have so many service providers that are available to us Typically, in most situations. Yeah, there's some monopolies, but very few. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty easy to find somebody else who can provide what we want for the price we want if we can't get what we want from the, the company we're currently with. So you know, when we're talking about walking away, sometimes negotiating isn't even the best tactic, right? Shopping with other providers is. You have to ask, am I even going to get the best deal if I negotiate or is this just wasted time? Maybe you should be shopping the open market in order to score even bigger savings. Like for example, you could try and haggle with a big company like Verizon to get your phone bill down 10 or 20 bucks. And that might sound smart, right? 10 or 20 bucks saved. Yeah. That's great. But those Verizon phone bills are really, really expensive. Yeah. For a Verizon bill, that's only like 10%. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but you could instead switch to a company like Visible Mobile, right? Who offers $25 a month plans and you're saving roughly 75% off your, off your current Verizon bill. And there are other great cell phone providers too, Mint Mobile, Republic Wireless. But in that case, negotiation makes absolutely no sense. You're banging your head against the wall in hopes of a really small discount when shopping is going to give you the far bigger discount. So make sure that you don't necessarily resort to negotiation, no matter the circumstance. Make sure that you're picking the moments, picking the companies and finding the times where negotiation does make sense and then shopping around in the times where negotiation just doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, I mean, you know, the fact is, is we can't successfully negotiate your bill in every single case. You know, I've seen way too many people get stressed over intense negotiations with a service provider uh, when the stakes are just too low, too small to even matter. So know how much you could save by negotiating before you even begin the process. You don't want to win the battle with just this one specific company, but then lose the, the overall war of your personal finances, of your life. You know, you don't want to spend <laughs> eight hours on the phone negotiating with some giant company. Uh, that's not going to get you very far. So make sure that you're picking your battles. Yeah. So hopefully, I think, Matt, in this episode, we've covered some potential places in your life with different financial services companies that you do business with where you can negotiate that maybe you thought it wasn't possible before. Hopefully, we've given people some tactics to consider and just an overall realization that negotiation should be a little bit more of a part of their life than it currently is because it can make a difference in your monthly bills. It can save you some money. And you know what? Negotiation also, not always the best option. Walking away, shopping around uh, can sometimes save you even more money. That's right, man. So let's go ahead and kick it back to the beer. This episode, we had a Tampa timeshare, which we don't recommend timeshares, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a Tampa timeshare grapefruit basil goza. Uh, and this one was brewed by Wrecking Bar Brew Pub here in Atlanta. That's only a few miles from where we live. You you actually live a little bit closer to it than I do. But what were your thoughts on this beer, buddy? Oh, man, this one was really good. It was a little bit salty, a lot of basil, a splash of grapefruit juiciness. 
And I thought the the flavors melded incredibly well together in this beer. And I love the name, Tampa Timeshare. I love that name. <laughs> it's, it's so good. It's like a throwback name. Like you hear Timeshare and it makes me think of like themed cruise ships and like, I don't know, like or themed restaurants maybe. You yeah. know, just like that whole kind of like 70s, 80s era kind of life. Yeah, I felt like too, this beer could have been maybe too heavily sweet potentially, but it wasn't. These flavors are hard to get right and they're hard to balance well in a beer. And I feel like they hit the notes quite nicely with the basil and the grapefruit and the salt. And it's this perfect beach summer beer. Makes me look forward to our upcoming beach trip. Oh, heck yeah, dude. <laughs> this is a beer that I want to drink on the beach while we're playing spike ball <laughs> or something like that. Oh, most definitely, man. And this style of beer, I think a lot of folks refer to them as Florida Vices. I guess the story goes is that they were kind of developed by these breweries down in Florida because it's really hot there, hot and humid. And so they wanted these light, easy drinking beers. But um, I'm with you as far as it not being overly sweet. That salt, man, it just gives it this savory, briny profile and it makes it taste more like... This is going to sound weird, but it, it kind of makes it taste a little bit more like chicken noodle soup yeah. than it does like a, a fruit pop. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like that brininess adds an element of like, oh, no, this is dinner. This isn't dessert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it totally has like that herbally basil up front. But then after you swallow and you kind of taste the beer, the, the lingering flavors are totally weedy. Uh, I love that. Um, and it also it kind of makes me think of uh, like a basil lime gimlet. Uh, have you ever had one of those? No, I haven't. But one of those recently? I can taste that. It's like basil, lime and gin. Sounds, sounds wonderful. <laughs> This was a great beer, especially for the summertime. All right, buddy. Well, that's going to be it for this episode. For folks that want show notes for this episode, you can check out our website at howtomoney.com. And if you're listening to this episode and you can think of a specific person who you know would benefit from hearing about negotiating bills, maybe this is someone who you know hates to negotiate, but they really need to hear it because they're overpaying in every aspect of life. <laughs> uh, send this episode to them. You could even negotiate that you would listen to one of their favorite podcast episodes too. Yeah, it's like a little trade-off. You just start <laughs> that conversation. That's what's really important here. Just don't expect them to listen to it. Right, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, if you're not already a subscriber, we would love for you to, to hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss any future future episodes that are going to come out. All right, buddy. Well, that's going to be it for this episode. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex-
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.